Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to Business Black Belts. I'm Dave Golding. I am here with Jason Samuelian, Regional Vice President of Sales at Espen Technology. How are you, Jason? I'm good, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Um, you know, you're a busy guy. We, we've had to reschedule a few times and, um, you know, it's been fun getting to know you and also to really hear about the lighting industry and, and uh, you know, your career and what you've been able to do. And I, you know, I'm really interested in getting to that sure. and kind of unpacking it. But before we do that, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself sure. and, and tell us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, what you're doing. Sure. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, as Dave said, I'm Jason Samuelian. Um, I live in Southern California with my wife and three kids. Uh, today is actually their last day of school, so it's going to be a very busy, uh, busy next few months for us. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been, I, I graduated college from uh, down here. Um, I actually got two degrees and then uh, went on to get my master's in education. Um, and so, and then I, I taught for a few years and then my wife and I actually were in the Peace Corps. Uh, we did, we did the Peace Corps for a few years uh, in Southern Africa and then, uh, you know, got, came home and gotten to, uh, the business side of the world. And, uh, I've been doing sales and stuff like that operations ever since. So really cool that you went to Africa, huh? In the Peace Corps for two years, yeah, you said? Yeah. 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 It was uh, two years in a, a little tiny country that nobody's ever heard of. And if you have heard of it, you've probably mispronounced it. Um, it's actually completely enclosed inside of South Africa. It's a little country called Lesotho. Mm. It's spelled L-E-S-O-T-H-O. In fact, uh, even Alex Trebek, the great Alex Trebek, mispronounced it on a, on a Jeopardy one time. So... That's the name to fame for uh, Lesotho. Wow, <laughs> interesting. So, so what, yeah. what what were you guys? What did you participate in there for the Peace Corps? What was the project? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I, I my wife and I both graduated from uh, college in education. Um, we both actually got our master's degrees in education, and so um, when we were there. Um, about 70% of Peace Corps volunteers are involved in education in some form or facet. Okay. And so I was uh, a teacher trainer. Uh, a lot of the teachers um, really didn't have any kind of formalized training. And so um, what I would do is just take some simple best practices, um, helping them to even learn how to use the curriculum that they did have, you know, because they were, they were very fortunate that um, they had a lot of foreign investment into their education system um, as far as textbooks and, and stuff like that, but they had never really learned how to even use those. And so a large portion of my job was to, um, to really help them unlock those tools. Um, that was my primary job. And then secondary jobs, I mean, we did a full, we did a big fundraising um, push. My parents actually did a big fundraiser. Um, where we raised quite a few thousand dollars and we were able to renovate large portions of the school. And um, I built probably the world's most unsafe play structure of all time. Uh, <laughs> 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 all by hand, uh, no power tools. I mean, Jeez. I literally was, uh, was drilling out, you know, um, 
holes to put bolts into stuff with you know hand tools and stuff it was it was crazy it was a good great experience uh not when people think of africa they think of you know big open savannas and you know jungles and all that stuff and that was kind of the opposite of what uh our country was like um we actually lesotho has the highest low point in the world and so we were at 4800 feet i think um the majority of our time there yeah so we were it, it it snowed on our anniversary which is coming up in just a few weeks in june and so that was uh that was bizarre probably will never happen again <laughs> <laughs> really cool but, what, uh, a, yeah, what an awesome experience. experience yeah for sure for sure it was uh it was really fun to um to in our early marriage to do that together um it was something that that really helped shape kind of the vision of who I wanted to be, um, as an adult, even though I was in my mid twenties when I was in there. Um, and actually we were some of the older folks in our group. Um, we were the only married couple the entire time there, which was also a little unique. Um, but it really did help shape and give me a, a, a greater vision for the things that I wanted for myself and, uh, personally and professionally. Um, and really pushed me to that that next level um, when we came home. So yeah, it was it was a great experience. I'm very fortunate to have done it. Yeah, um, love that. That uh, you know, it sounds like you really kind of built a foundation for your marriage and for your career through that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and it's something that I I try to do now. Is there was just a lot of time you know time in in the u.s especially in europe and in north america is is really um we don't have we feel like we're in a time deficit a lot of the time because of activities or events or organizations and so um in in that country because of our our responsibilities i had endless amounts of time plus we didn't have all the distractions right very little technology um, very little um, other stuff to do other than read and exercise and talk. Um, lots of talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you greet yeah. someone, literally everyone that you would walk by, you would greet. Um, and and we don't think about that in our culture, but it was something that I've tried to continue. It's very hard here um, because we are, like I said, we live in such a time deficit society. Um, but trying to be reflective and, and take that time to think about, you know, goals, objectives, um, and things that, that really are going to make you successful in the long term, not just in the short term. So, yeah, love that. Uh, never heard that, you know, time deficit society, but it is so true. Um, yeah. And it, and it really is, uh, you know, having been to some other places where the culture is much more focused on quality of life rather than, um, you know, essentially chasing, uh, happiness and, and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the superficial element of, you know, not, not that America isn't great. It's amazing, but you know, it comes at a price, right? We, it is. You know, we do. Yeah, and, and frankly, like one of the biggest benefits that it was, a it was something that I didn't even anticipate go when I, when I left, you know, um, coming back, I was so much more patriotic than I ever really was before, you know, like, Hmm. um, there, there, there is 
something very special about our society and that that you know we can um we had the time to two years of time to be able to reflect on all the amazing things and um yeah and 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 opportunities were afforded in our culture you know um that a lot of other cultures don't even they can't even begin to grasp um you know uh it's it's it is interesting too that like like I said, per- professionally, when I left, you know, had very little professional focus. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but having that time to really sit down and say, you know, what what are the objectives that you want to a- accomplish? Um, one of the big things that I came back with was, you know, I want to have that balance between, you know, my personal and my professional um, and, and try and retain that as forever, you know, and as I've steadily progressed up, up the, the ladder, even now to a, a, a vice president level, um, that's really, really important for me, especially for myself and my staff, um, you know, to, to really not just encourage it to m- really make it happen, you yeah. know? Um, and I think, you know, reflecting back on just the last couple of years, um, I think one of the biggest side benefits, even though it's kind of morphing and changing again, was that we were able to take a breath as a society, you know, and and really reevaluate what are the important things to me personally, professionally, um, and and then have a little bit of time to do so, especially here in Southern California, where we were shut down for pretty much 18 months. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was an interesting it was an I won't say that it was always positive because there was a lot of really negative stuff, um, obviously, you know, but um, there was some positives, you know, just the time to reevaluate and to take inventory personally and um, and and really just figure out your goals for yourself. So. Yeah. And it's always what you make it, right? I mean, um has to be. Yeah, I think that's what the pandemic experience was for for me and my family is, yeah, it was tough, but it was, you know, you just try to make the most of the cards you're dealt. And and you're yeah. so right in that having a little bit of time um, or having more time, right? There was less of that time mm-hmm. deficit was yeah. really healthy yeah. overall for us anyway. Well, and, and even talking with a number of my friends now looking back over the last two years and, and not more than a hand, two handfuls of people have, you know, in conversations been like the thing that I miss most about the early part of the, 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 the thing, uh, the pandemic was being able to spend that much solid time with my family. Yeah. Um, and that's, it, it is true. I mean, we would take walks together and play games and do crafts and all the things that in our modern daily lives, we, we oftentimes forget. And, um, or just get distracted with other stuff, you know? So it's actually, yeah. I think one of the biggest reasons that's been able to propel me forward into my career um, with more focus and, and determination. So. Yeah. Really cool. So you get back to the States and, and you start that career. I mean, I, I think a lot of people can relate, you know, I can definitely relate to not knowing you know, what you want to do with your life. Right. So you, you come back from this great experience and then, and then what happens? For sure. For sure. And I mean, like I said, I think a lot of younger people 
especially people that are going into the Peace Corps, because um, it is there's there's really two sides of it, like pre-career folks right out of college. And then there's the post-career folks who are retirees, about 15 percent of volunteers are retirees. And so you have those two conflicting sides. And we were kind of in the middle because my wife and I had been in the professional arena. I had been in the professional arena for about five years at that point. And she had been in the arena for about three years, maybe four. And, um, and so like, it was, it was a, kind of a mind bending experience. Like, you know, cause we were not only were we working, I was working in a manufacturing environment for her family, um, where I'd go to work at six in the morning, I'd come home at six at night, um, just in time to make a quick dinner, spend half an hour together before she had to go study for her master's degree. And so that was really like the first year of our marriage was, you know, working 12 hour days, five to six days a week. And, um, and then all of a sudden I'm working four to five hour days and I have, you know, 19 more hours to fill up. <laughs> and there's nothing to do. You, you know, I read a hundred and something books. I journaled for the first time in my life. I wrote like over, I don't know, I have it here somewhere. I wrote like over four or 500 pages of journaling, you know? Um, and I hate to say it, but I haven't, I haven't kept it. I haven't kept that, that, uh, that practice. I miss it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. There is something really healthy about that. You know what I mean? Like being able to kind of, you know, put, put pen to paper is is pretty powerful. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've had a similar experience that's just, it's a good thing to do. Um, Absolutely. Well, this is kind of your pen to paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get this creative outlet of uh, of podcasting, which is, it, this is my first ever podcast. I listen to a few, but I've never been involved in one. So it's really fun to be here. Yeah. So glad um, that, uh, you know, we're doing this and this is your first one. Because I mean, I, I think it is, you know, part of what we're trying to do is expose people to it, you know, to see the, the value of it. And Really what, what sure. we've been doing, you know, for the first part of this is one of the things that people tell me afterwards oftentimes is, you know, that was really fun because I thought about things that I hadn't thought about in a right. while, right? I, I was kind of reminded <laughs> because, you know, so often, Jason, we don't have a chance to tell our own story, right? We're so busy mm-hmm. and um, it is kind of fun to have a chance to just talk about yourself and kind of reflect on, you know, where you've been and, yeah. and, and where you're going. Especially, I mean... I've had kind of a crazy career um, in that I've been in a few different startups and I've been at giant organizations and, you know, everything in between. And so, like, I've gotten to talk a lot about myself in the last seven to eight years because I've been in four different positions, you know. And so, um, but this is really, really fun, you know, and uh, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity. Yeah, good. So. how did you get your start in sales? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um, like I said, when we came home from, uh, Southern Africa, um, we came home to the recession, you know, um, we came home in, in 2008 and, uh, in November of 2008. And, uh, we were pretty much at the, the peak of the bottom of the trough of the recession. Yeah. And so 
um, my wife immediately jumped back into substitute teaching. Um, I looked for work for eight months and um, every, every entry level business opportunity, whether it was operations or marketing or sales, nobody was hiring. And, um, and so after, and, and as it always happens, I was interviewing with a few different firms and on the same day I was offered two different jobs. And so I had to choose which way to go. And um, I actually ended up doing staffing, uh, which was interesting, uh, temporary staffing. Trying to do temporary staffing in a recession is probably one of the hardest jobs to yeah, uh, to take on. <laughs> um, I mean, when you when you're making phone calls and you talk to a person, they're like, "We just laid 112 people off this week. Um, we're not in in the hiring mode at the moment." <laughs> you know, and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "Oh man, this." Thing. And then the onslaught. You know, we were we were doing both placement and interviewing candidates, and so like, you know, we had a glut of candidates, highly qualified, you know, everybody from master's degree level folks down to, you know, no, no formal education, but they had uh, 30 years work experience and they'd worked at the same company for the last 25. And all of a sudden they find themselves unemployed. Um, so that really, that was my first exposure uh, into it. Um, and I did that for about a year. Um, you know, it was very, very challenging. Um, and then a friend of mine who I had worked with before, she actually, uh, gave me a call one day and she was like, Hey, we're, I'm at this little startup company and, and we're looking for somebody. And, you know, I, I thought of you and I was like, well, what's the job? And it was a channel manager. And I had no idea. I was like, what the heck is a channel manager? I have no idea. And um, it was a it was a, a retail product. Actually, it was an LED candle. Do you, do you have do you have any of those? Yeah, yeah, like we have LED a bunch candle. Of them. Yes. Yeah right. yeah, right. So we were actually uh, we were. It was a I say a startup, but we had Target as our biggest account. So I mean, it was a we were doing a great amount of revenue for such a small, tiny firm. Um, but I was I was supposed to manage the channels, like the online channel and the retail channel and the direct to consumer channel and all these all these different channels. And um, unfortunately, you know, because it was a it was a equity backed company, like they they decided to uh, to to liquidate uh, to sell it, and uh, I was the last one hired, first one to to get the mm. the boot, which was a, a unique experience. I'd never I had never been uh, let go before. You know, at, at, and I've been working since I was 14 and a half, um, you know, and, and that was a very, that was a huge wake up call. And I had just, my daughter had been born like five months prior. Um, so I went from, you know, working with Target and all these big accounts and all of a sudden I'm unemployed. Um, so I, I literally had to send my resume out to anyone and everyone that would take it. And um and I actually sent it to to my best friend, who's now actually my brother-in-law, which that's a fun story, but we won't tell that today. Um, he uh, <laughs> he was he's an electrician, and he sent my resume off to a guy that he was doing some work for. And the guy looks at my resume, and he's like, "He's a teacher, and you know, he does this stuff, and I, I you know, what." I, I, I don't know what to do with this. He was like, but you're a good guy. You, you know, 
you know, you've done a lot by me, a lot of solid stuff for me. So he agreed to meet with me, even though I literally, so this was getting into the actual lighting arena. Um, I had no experience background, nothing. And they wanted to hire me as a sales engineer. Hmm. And uh, if you're not familiar with that kind of terminology, it's like pre-packaging a project or a, a group of material. Um, usually it's the most technical person in the organization. And I had zero experience <laughs> in lighting or electrical <laughs> or any of that arena. And so, you know, they met with me on a Monday morning uh, for coffee. Uh, it was supposed to be an hour. We ended up talking for almost three and then he calls me later that day and he's like, hey, I want you to meet my sales manager. And so um, that afternoon, I actually drove out and had lunch with his sales manager. That was a Monday. They offered me the job by a Wednesday. The following Monday, I started the job um, and I've been in I've been in sales for the last, you know, 15 years of my career. Um, and it's it's just been that's been a wild that's been a wild ride. I'll, I'll tell you. It's so cool that that uh, you know, first of all, that they took that that chance on you um, and saw it, the potential in you. Yeah, but but you know what, Jason, you also figured it out, right? So you, mm -hmm. you know that's pretty cool too. Um, and so, well, I mean, and it, it it couldn't have happened without their support. You know, frankly, yeah. it, like I took every online course I could. I took a bunch of in person training um, with utility companies and with you know, association groups. And um, I think what I, what I try and tell people about college is if you're not learning how to learn in college, then, then what's the point? Because did I know, you know, let's see, it's 2022. I graduated in 2001, 21 years ago that I would be you know, a, a vice president of sales for a lighting company. I, not in my wildest imagination would I have said that that was going to be my career path. Um, but I learned how to learn in college. And that's that's really was the thing that helped me progress as a professional is being able to synthesize data and then share that with, with my, my customers, be that internal or external customers. And I think... Um, that's the biggest, the biggest benefit, like I said, to, to secondary age or um, to, to college education for me was that that ability to learn how to learn. Yeah. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because that's exactly the way I feel about it. That and also I learned how to write. You know, because um, yeah. in sales, you know, writing is so important. Not that I'm, you know, I'm not not a perfect writer, um, but, <laughs> but definitely, you know, got a lot better when I was in college. And then I think the other thing mm -hmm. too is it. I just I needed that time to grow up and kind of figure out how to survive, right? Just kind of totally. do, do life on my own. You know, that was really yeah. positive for me uh, with college. Um, but yeah, so you get into the lighting industry and. Um, you know, clearly that's been a, a, a great career path for you. And now you're at Espen. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Espen and just, you know, what you guys are doing. Sure. And, and um, you know, I, I know it's uh, a really exciting company and, and that you guys are, are yeah. blazing a real trail. Yeah. So, I mean, it, Espen's, a, Espen's a kind of a cool story in and of itself. Um, I actually, when I, when I was working at my first job in the lighting industry, I was using some of their products again, not thinking 10, 10, 12 years down the line that I would actually end up working for them. Yeah. Um, 
But there were, we're actually a very small firm. I mean, um, the lighting industry in general is pretty small, but we're we're a smaller size company in in that industry. Um, our our founder of our company, um, he actually is an engineer by training, and um, he was working for one of the biggest lighting companies in the world, making products for them. And he just decided one day, like, well, why am I making products for them? I could do this on my own and, and have a go at it. And so that's what he did. He broke off and, and started making uh, products, a, a product called a ballast. You may or may not know what that is. Um, if you are familiar with fluorescent lighting, you would know what a ballast is. Um, but yeah, so he made ballast for um, through the OEM channel for a number of years. And then um, he decided to make it into a full marketable channel through standard uh, electrical channels, uh, distribution channels. And so he opened up Espen in 2008. Um, so we're, we're kind of one of the older, newer companies, I should say. Um, there's guys that have been in lighting for a hundred years, you know, but we're, we're kind of in that, that next generation of, of lighting companies. And it was really actually an interesting time for me to join the industry um, because lighting has made a huge evolutionary step forward with LEDs. Um, you know, LEDs have really radically transformed the, the, the whole, the whole game. Um, you know, and so I joined literally right at the foundation of, of LED lighting. Um, and I was able to, um, because of that, like propel myself forward. Um, and, and Espen was as well. Espen kind of was in that end of the fluorescent era and then right into the LED era. And actually the owner of our firm actually owns some patents, um, on products. He, he actually has 22 patents, wow. um, in the lighting wow. and, and electrical components arena, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're a pretty small firm. We only have about 50 overall employees. Um, we do have, we have uh, three locations. Um, our headquarters, worldwide headquarters is in Southern California. We have a location in Indianapolis for distribution and, and inside sales, customer service. And then we have our engineering team in uh, Asia. And so that, that's where our three locations are um, globally. And, uh, you know, we, we source 100% of our products from overseas for components. Um, but we actually were one of a very small handful of companies that actually do have Buy America um, product. So we do actually assemble product here in Southern California, um, which is pretty cool. You know, we have, at, it's a fluctuating staff level, anywhere between six and 30, mm. um, putting together material for government projects or military bases or, um, you know, all kinds of stuff in that arena. So that's, that's been really, that's been really fun to be able to work for a company that has that manufacturing actually here in the U S which is really cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I would think probably, um, not only is it cool, but it's uh, a good way to diversify the business, right. To have that, those cool. government contracts and, and I'm sure there's only a, a select few of lighting companies that actually can can say they do that. Totally. Yeah, I would say, you know, 
90 to 95% of, of most lighting products come directly from China. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, over the last, especially the last 90 days, 120 days, um, that's been really interesting because the supply chain and the end of last year with the, the port um, being shut down uh, in the U.S. in Long Beach, um, having, you know, up to, up to 180 ships uh, in the port and then probably another 40 or 50 just kind of cruising around. Um, we were able to keep that diversity of product because we had the ability to manufacture products here for our government projects and, and stuff like that. So that's that's been really good for us to have that diversity of product offering, both direct import um, from our contract manufacturing facilities overseas, and then also have our, our ability to uh, fabricate product here. So yeah, been really good. Yeah. So what are the, um, you know, what are the plans for the future? You know, like um, give us a window into uh, what you think, you know, cause it's really interesting fluorescent led, you know, certainly there's yeah. the internet of things that are happening and, and especially yeah. in, you know, uh, all everything, uh, whether it be locks and um, you know, smart refrigerators everything. and yeah. You know, yeah. How, how is that impacting lighting? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, lighting, Really, I think 10 years ago, everybody saw LEDs and they're like, oh, wow, one of the biggest benefits to it, not only is it saving huge amounts of energy, yeah. but it's really it's a lot easier to control because you're talking about a computer chip, right? Yeah. Um, that's all an LED is. It's, it's literally a diode. A light emitting diode is what LED stands for. And so um, everybody's like, wow, you know, we can... We can embed technology on the same PCB to control that chip. And it's like, that was kind of the idea and the promise. Well, 10 years ago, I mean, it, it wasn't really happening. It was cost very cost prohibitive versus um, technologies um, that, it, that, it, that existed. And so I think a few major shifts in the industry have changed both from a, a regulatory standpoint, California, especially put in some regulatory compliance where you had to put in um, these, these advanced controls or dimming controls. And then people have taken that kind of to the next level. So like Bluetooth mesh, you were talking about um, IOT, right? I mean, IOT is going to be a huge component of dispersing that network throughout the entire space. Think of another system in your house, even that that goes into every single space in your in your facility or, or home. Um, and lighting really is it. You know, yeah. You don't have HVAC. You don't have a, a vent in your closet, but you probably have a light in there. And so um, that's that's what the the I think the future is going to be seeing that continuing build on the control side of, of technology. Um, the cross integration of those systems, I think is also going to be extremely important. Um, and then I think some of the, the inverse side of it is one, we're not building new, new power plants really in the U S which that's a whole nother discussion, but um, we have been reducing capacity, but now we're saying, Oh, well, uh, are not capacity, but we've been reducing the load on the system um, because of lighting retrofits and and commercial air conditioning improvements and all kinds of system improvements. Um, but now we're we're bringing out 
a million, uh, you know, electrified vehicles and, and electrified vehicles is really going to be um, kind of, it's, it's, it's very, very hot right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually, we'll be launching our first uh, EV charging products um, as a company in, in actually the next week or so. So oh, very cool. Wow. So yeah. you guys are going to get yeah. into that. So we're, space. we're at the technology, but so we're, we're trying to diversify also yeah. our, our technology. Offerings. Yeah. yeah. Very smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it is, you know, and we're not, we're not rushing in with, you know, 400 products and every configuration and this, that, and the other thing. And that's really not our firm. We're very, like I said, we're a, we're a, 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 an inch wide and a mile deep. And there's a lot of companies in our industry that are a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to be the opposite of that. And yeah. so we, you know, we're launching with um, four products to start um, with a, a, a partner, uh, a network partner that'll be our back end um, for the software side, which is a much more complex side. We're really good at widgets. We're not great at software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's actually where a lot of the expense, you know, and, and time can be is in that development of software and apps and, integrations and all that stuff and we're we're good with just selling the widget you know um that's that's been our bread and butter for the last 15 years and we think it'll continue to be our our strength in the next 15 to 50. yeah exciting stuff well let's pivot to uh what you like to do in your free time right so we've learned about (laughs) jason professionally let's talk about you you know i know clearly you're a family (laughs) man but uh what else yeah yeah yeah, so I mean, I yeah, I, I, a lot of my free time is taken up by my my three awesome kids. Uh, I have a seven, nine, and twelve year old. Um, they uh, they keep us very busy. Um, yeah. We like we love to travel. We we uh, we I I've personally been to I think it's thirty eight countries. I think. It might be more, hmm. might be less, wow. but it's around that number, 38 countries. <laughs> um, so I love travel day to day. I mean, I love, I, I'm a, I'm an avid golfer. Now the definition of an avid golfer is a golfer that golfs once a month. I golf a little more than that, you know, two to four times a month yeah. as, as much as my schedule and kids activities allow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I love golfing. Um, I, been you know a big gardener um i've i've had uh both you know in the ground gardening and then i've actually my 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 grandfather got me into aquaponics which is like a you grow fish and then that goes into grow beds and so it's hydroponics without all the chemicals you just use fish and you feed the fish and they poop and it cleans it out and it's a really cool closed loop system so i did that um I raise chickens. I do raise chickens. So that's, that's interesting. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just into a lot of different stuff. Uh, I wish I had more of an artistic side, but I don't really have that in my body. (laughs) So I kind of live like through my 12 year old, who's an amazing artist. So. Uh, very cool though. I, I really like how, um, you do have diversity in your personal life too. I mean, I, I think, and gardening, yeah, it might not be creative, but I mean, if you think about the hydroponic side of things, I mean, it's certainly very, um, you know, cutting edge. There's a lot very, of technical. Yeah, you know, exactly. 
So you're, you know, clearly, yeah, I mean, and also being able to pick up, you know, the lighting stuff. So, so easily you are a very, you know, technically minded <laughs> engineering. Uh, well, I, won't, I won't say it was easy. I've just had, I've had a lot of time to do it and a lot of errors have been made along the way. And I'm sure we'll continue, <laughs> continue to be made, Yeah, but that's the only way we grow, right? Is we got to yeah. try something, you know? And I, I think that, uh, you know, again, reflecting back to the Peace Corps, I had never gardened a day in my life before the Peace Corps. And all again, all of a sudden I have all this free time. And so I, I started gardening and I've just carried that over with me and um, kind of trying to pass that down to my kids. And, you know, it's very functional gardening. I will say, I don't do the pretty gardening. I look at the books and I'm like, man, these are incredible. <laughs> How do they do this? And then you go out to mine, it's like, well, it grows stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's great to be able to eat your own uh, produce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, eating your own produce and growing, eating your own chicken eggs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there really is nothing like it. You know, I, I, I have an ongoing dream of, oh, maybe one day when I get to that retirement age that, I'll have a little micro farm and I'll have a cow, maybe a goat, maybe two or three goats. I'm a huge goat fan. I love goats. Yeah. Goats um, cool. I know they're stinky and awful and whatever, but now, a friend of mine had know, a goat. So- they're, they're, they're actually really funny. I mean, they're, oh, they're yeah, actually they're really great. entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Especially pygmy goats. They're hilarious, man. I could watch yeah. pygmy goat videos all day. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, that, that's list, right. <laughs> yeah, the pygmy goat raiser, you know, the farmer. That would be, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> too messy, too messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, I, 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 we always encourage our kids to just try everything, you know. Um, why not? Take a stab at it, you know. The worst you can do is fail, and, and that's not even exactly. that big a deal. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, life's I think too that, short. That's you know, you gotta make the most of it. Professionally too. I think professionally, yeah, I've been to two different startups in my career and um unfortunately or actually I've been to three. My gosh, I forgot there was another one. Um I've been to three different startups and unfortunately none of them have gone to like that huge next next step, that next level. Um, but it's it's taught me a lot about the you know, the ability to take risk and 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 trying trying to do something new and unique and inventive. Um, I think it always, it'll propel you into something else. And I think that's been one of the cooler experiences of, of personally and professionally, like I said, just trying, trying something new and um, it, it, you never know the road that it's going to lead you down. And oftentimes it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jason, Samueli, and this has been so much fun. Really appreciate you taking the time. Before we go, what's the yeah. best way for people to get in touch with you, follow you? Yeah, yeah, I'm extremely active on LinkedIn. Um, my last initial, uh, last or first initial last name, Jay Samuelian. Uh, so if you go to LinkedIn.com slash Jay Samuelian, you'll find me. You can also just find me on LinkedIn. Um, I try and stay off of other social media. I am on Twitter, but I don't really tweet all that much. Um, I'm more of a Twitter stalker. That's really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so LinkedIn is definitely the best way to, to 
get a hold of me. Uh, all of my information is on there, my work email, my cell phone number. So yeah, please feel free to, to if you have questions or uh, you want to just talk more about life. I mean, I, I love uh, I love sharing experiences with people. And that's that's been one of the... I, social media gets a really bad rap for good cause. Um, but I will say LinkedIn is really, really great for a lot of uh, professionals. Um, you know, I've helped probably half a dozen people find new careers or jobs um, using LinkedIn. Yeah. And so that, that's been really cool. And then also just like I said, I've, I've gotten a lot of business relationships out of it and uh, it's, it's just what you make of it. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun and uh, you know, look forward to staying in touch with you. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. Have a great one. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.